Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there. Ever dream of making your own podcast? Let me tell you a little bit about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. First, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and Mama, it's amazing what today's guest can do. (laughs) She's an actress, a singer, a writer, and most importantly, an incredible friend. Please welcome to the mic, America's favorite thick Jenna, Kira Kennedy. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Wow. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. I will. I do not want to be referred to as anything other than America's favorite thick Jenna. Yeah, I mean, you won the yeah, award. I did. I worked really hard for it. There's a ceremony <laughs> that you couldn't attend, but but we but we as a country did. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> COVID stopped the award ceremony, but you yeah. got a nice plaque. I did. I did. That's sweet. How have you been, friend? You know, I've been good. Um, yeah. yeah. I started reading this like journal called New Mindset Who Dis and Ooh. it's like changed my life. It's given you a new mindset. It I mean it's true to the title. Um so that's been like that's been a great uh I guess routine since uh-huh. <laughs> we don't have one <laughs> right now. Truly. Um yeah, how have you been? I'm good. I am loving that the sun is coming out. I got my my vaccine a month ago, so I'm feeling like hopeful and happy and just ready to like function again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you get your second one? So I did the Johnson and Johnson oh. all in one. Oh, nice. Just like shampoo, they do yes. a two in one shot. Shampoo and conditioner right there. I was very aware though as it was happening that I'm a small person. Yeah. 
and everybody gets the same amount. <gasps> so that hit you like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Okay. Uh, God bless the roommates. They took care of me. Oh, babe. What did it hit you hard, hard, hard? Yeah, I had a solid like 72 hours. And it's just oh. weird because you're like, this is good. Like yeah. it means it works and I'm not actually sick. But yeah, I'm also like one of the most quote unquote heteronormative masculine things about me is the moment <laughs> I get any kind of cold, I am dying. Done. Yeah. It is drama. It, it, like drama <laughs> cover cover the windows cover the mirrors i am dead and it's like maybe the sniffles oh <laughs> wow but yeah i'm feeling good i'm feeling ready to go yeah it's i it's, you're definitely right on um feeling hopeful so you're reading this new journal is it a normal thing for you to be reading self-help or is this new this is kind of new i went through sort of like probably the best breakup of my life because it saved me from a terrible person, but, um, it was still like shitty. Uh, and then you know how Instagram like listens to you? Yes. Like all the time. Well, this dude's journal, he has another like workbook called single is your superpower. And I could not recommend it more for people who are single because it's just like really interesting prompts. And then he also has this new mindset who this. So I was like, Oh, this is the year of bettering ourselves, Kira. Let's do it. <laughs> we love. Yeah. I yeah, I always find it help, helpful if I have some sort of text to yeah. reference as I'm like going through stuff. It it got to be a little bit of a joke around my house. I I was at home and I was reading another self-help book and my dad would <laughs> at one point had to be like, "Why don't you buy like one fiction <laughs> just like one just just to like you space it out you know like one fifty shades just to yeah. like switch it up maybe even just one shade like <laughs> one shade of gray you don't need all the 50 shades just one no. shade of gray Who did you know that they gray? have a 50 shades of gay i didn't and now that's all i want to read that's the movie i wanted to see and i was very sad to do that it was not that <laughs> But you know what? In the age of reboots, anything can happen. Yeah, true. true. In this day and age where we're creating our own art, baby, baby. Fifty Shades of Gay, here we come. Here we go. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lordy. So, Kira, let's, let's hop back. Let's go back yeah. in time. When you were growing up, were you always like a musical artsy kid? Did you have a sports phase? What was that like? I actually, I was art like I sang in church sort of by default but mm-hmm. I was very much in and I did theater um because I I was like good at sports um but once I went to high school I was like oh I but I don't want to go to college for this <laughs> like mama doesn't have <laughs> the knees for that um at 14 you're at like 14, my knees are shot like, no <laughs> <laughs> um I actually was going to go, I was going to go to Duke for mm. science. Um, but then I was like, science, what, where's the job in that? I'll get, I'll go to music theater school and I'll be successful forever. <laughs> I love myself. Isn't um, it funny though? How, like, if you think back to any, any undergraduate degree, yeah, like they all sound insane. Like yeah. you're going to just get a science degree or people just get a 
business degree. Yeah. Yes. And then you enter the workforce and that's how it happens. So yeah. when people are like, oh, you got a theater degree? Like that's so useless. I'm like, you have a degree in communications. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what exactly are you doing with that besides not communicating your trauma? Yeah. Cause baby you're <laughs> ghosting me. So clearly it's not working. Like you're not communicating something and what I'm hearing is you projecting. Ooh, yes. <laughs> it's just armchair uh, yeah. psych- psychotherapy right here. Yeah. Yeah, so we can you, take over the world. We could do whatever we want. Yeah. So you go to school. I go to school. You do the musical theater. Yeah. And then when did you – I know that you've played guitar like your whole life. So when did you start writing songs? So my – Parents had really my mom had a rule when I was growing up that I had to be playing an instrument, like actively learning an instrument. I could choose which one, but I had to keep like I had to have uh, like study one consistently. And I played violin for eight years and got pretty good. But then once I hit middle school, I was like, that's for losers and like. (laughs) I was like, what's well, kind of like a violin, but in a different position, a guitar. <laughs> and so they got me an electric guitar, and that's how I learned. And I played in our praise and worship band. Um, I wrote my first song when I was 12, and it was awful. Uh, like, just awful in the way of, like, why is this 12-year-old singing a song that sounds like it's written by a 35 year old woman like hey you know what taylor swift made an entire career out of it so and cheers to that cheers to that (laughs) like this 12 year old who had never been heartbroken (laughs) like really easing into some sort of past life uh, i guess oh man yeah so i think i started writing when i was 12 um but then actually real songs that I would not be embarrassed to share with the universe um, when I was in college. And now I'm working on not writing songs that are sad. <laughs> Great. We love that. We love a bop. We, we love a bop. So did you spend a lot of, I'm guessing you spent a lot of time at church growing up. I did. Um, that, yeah, I was definitely like balls deep in purity culture uh, but still, even like with that, I always questioned, I was like, why do we, like, why do women always get the shaft in religion, man? I was like, this sure. is, I'm getting tired of this shit. Um, and, but even now, like I'm almost 30 and I still feel the like tentacles of purity culture as an adult, just that's so ingrained in you. Um, so I, I would love to, this is a tangent, but I'd love to like <laughs> break those norms for kids now and like normalize sex education. But yes, I did. I went to, I went to church like twice a week. That was sort of the, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, social life in my town was like, Oh, you're going to youth group. Um, and, like mission trips and stuff. Yeah. I've always understood church when it is like the social thing to do like I've always understood yeah a a gathering of people who have generally like-minded thoughts yeah spending time together and then on top of that it's a lot of people's first introduction to music and it immediately says everybody can sing 
and yeah. <laughs> everybody can make music. Yeah. And so there are like a lot of, as I've talked to people on this podcast, a lot of people have grown up really intensely in the church and there are, there are those things that you can like take with you that are still great and lovely and starters. But yeah, I mean, that purity culture was really intense, especially as we were growing up because mm-hmm. like Jonas Brothers, Demi Lovato, yeah, that whole crowd yeah, were outwardly wearing purity rings. Yeah. And, and then with sort of piggybacking on the, the Britney Spears documentary, like mm. how that seeped into how we saw her and it was just awful. Like she was a child. It's so crazy. Just like, I'm sure it's cyclical. I'm sure it'll like come, come around, around and pop yeah. up again. But when I think back on that time, it's just so bizarre to be like, Britney Spears was literally singing, I'm a slave for you. Yeah. But God forbid in an interview, she say that she's a human who's having sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> so weird. It's that like Madonna slut dichotomy. Yes. Um, they, the world wants both. So when you get to college, was that like your first big trip away from being in church all the time? Yes. And I, I like my first year, cause I always had questions. I was like, I don't, the whole, like, I was thinking, I think I was scared to like question quote unquote God. Uh, but then once I got out of it, I was like, Oh wait. And met people who weren't from the South and weren't from the Bible belt. I was like, Oh, okay. So it's normal to have these thoughts and then sort of switched my views as I grew up to more spiritual and, uh, sort of like forgiving my experience with the church while also like taking the good, but leaving the bad, um, which was helpful. But yeah, I feel like once I got to college, it was sort of like, Oh, this is like real life. (laughs) This isn't just like this little bubble of Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. And then you just create a college bubble and then you move and then you create a New York York bubble. bubble, And then, It's just always everywhere. Yeah. Um, When was the first time you were like, I can be a professional musical theater performer? Ooh. I think when I, when I got waitress, I was like, oh, okay. All the way then? Yeah. Wow. Cause it, it wasn't real yet. Like I had done some re- regional stuff, but it wasn't until I was like, oh, this is, this is like bigger. This, that's the biggest thing I've done. And I was like, oh, wow. And I wanted it. It was one of those things where it was like, I wanted it so badly, but I didn't want to get my hopes up. Mm-hmm. And then when it actually happened, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> is this a trick? <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's when I, and that it's also the longest I've ever worked in our business you know like usually we do like four week gigs mm-hmm. so doing it for a year straight I was like this feels like a job which is great it feel it felt stable um which made it I think a little more real as opposed to like oh I bartend and then audition and have an existential crisis every week um then that I was just having an existential crisis on the road but I was getting paid at least <laughs> yeah I guess that makes sense I was like you had already done so many things you had worked yeah. with Karen Ziemba. I love her. My mom, mother, 
Mother dearest. And you still didn't feel like legitimate until waitress. That's like blowing my mind right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, and I think it's just like a lack of (laughs) self-confidence. Hi, nice to meet you. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, I, cause I was like so fucking jazzed and proud and excited about like working with Karen and doing other regional stuff. But I, I think just the longevity of a tour and because in college, and I'm sure you had a similar experience where it's like, we were sort of ingrained in where I went to school. And I feel like most programs are like this, that it's either Broadway or bust, which Mm -hmm. is such a detrimental way of thinking because it's an art form we're going to school for. It's not like we're not going to be on a specific street in New York city. You know, Um, there's so many other ways to like make a living that are very viable and awesome. Um, So I think that too was sort of creeping in of like, Oh, well, it's just a regional or it's just this where it's like now I will I will eat my firstborn to do a week long <laughs> regional gig for a hundred dollars a week. I would love to do that right now. I would love a 29 hour reading. <laughs> I would oh God, a 29 hour reading? Are you kidding? The whole audience just came. Like everyone's just like so excited. <laughs> In this economy? Oh, well, please. Yeah. It is fascinating how that that seeps in. And I again taking it back to like some people go to school to just get a business degree. Yeah. And not just get, but they're interested in business and they get a business degree. And I don't think they're in business class and they're like, well, it's Silicon Valley or bust. Yeah, that's such a good point. And it does. It just creeps in. There's just so many things that creep in on the outside. Yeah. When really we just want to be storytellers. And we happen yeah. to be good at this art. That's exactly what we do. And I think it's gotten so, uh, like, icky, you know. That's all we want to do. And I'm sure there's some people that are like, no, I want to be on Broadway. And, like, it's okay, do your thing. But, like, don't ruin it for the rest of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't make – don't diminish my stuff because you're doing something else. We're yeah. all – We're all in this, in this together. together. Ended. That's how I ended the episode. The end of the episode just ends. Um, that's so crazy. So you get Waitress. I think I know the answer to this, but were you already a Sarah Bareilles fan? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I, among like every other like white girl in music theater, had gravity in my book. I like cried to Blessed Unrest in high school. I just loved her and and still I actively love her um and I just I met I actually met her before the auditions socially and my because I had a friend who was like oh yeah we were going to see him play he was like you can meet like me and my friend Sarah are going to take the train down not in no part of my mind was I like oh Sarah Brellis like (laughs) I thought it was like Sarah from Yonkers. No, well, it was it's Sarah always in that situation. <laughs> yeah. In that situation, it's always like, oh, my friend, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, normal friend Sarah. No, yeah, normal friend Sarah, who I absolutely do not have any of her things memorized. Like, I have no clue what she does for a living. Like, oh, of course, of course. Of course, uh, yeah, normal. Yeah. Oh, her. Um, 
yes, I, so long story short, I, I was a huge fan. Um, and still am. I think Waitress even just solidified it more because she was such a boss, like in the rehearsal process and so knowledgeable of everything. Like she has, I mean, this like blows my mind, but I'm like a peanut brain, but the fact that she had like everything memorized in her head, like she knew exactly what everyone was singing. And it was just sort of like, Oh, this is my modern day Beethoven. <laughs> like, I mean, over. Not, <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. I mean, not, not far off. Um, she's a lot nicer. I feel like than Beethoven was just like from what I hear from friends, um, <laughs> from the friends who are like, Oh yeah, it's just my friend Beethoven and I are going to yeah. take the train. You're like, it can't be that Beethoven. Like, and it not, is not Beethoven on the A train. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's going express. <laughs> I thank God it's going express. <laughs> no, I mean, I think there's a reason why Sarah's music speaks to so many people who are also into theater and I'm sure it speaks to plenty of people who couldn't care about musical theater, but it's, yeah, it's just good, solid storytelling songwriting. Yeah. That, feels specific and universal at the same time and we all kind of wish that we could just make that yeah I mean that's why I love Taylor Swift that's why I love Lord that's why I love any of the white women I listen to like yeah (laughs) yeah it's almost like they write almost like uh Shakespeare where you hear something different in every every time you listen you know what I mean Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, like I could listen. I think I have a, a religious experience every time I listen to Lord's, uh, melodrama album, but like, you already know that Ryan, um, <laughs> everyone here knows that my mother knows that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I completely agree with that. What kind of music besides church music was playing in your house when you grew up? So my dad would frequently listen to the Les Miserables soundtrack. Okay. With a glass of wine. Dads um, love Les Mis. They do be loving Les Mis. Like, for absolutely no reason. <laughs> and he, like, openly says, he's like, I'm not a huge musical friend, like, like fan, unless you're in it. And I was like, nice save, brother. <laughs> but, <laughs> Good job, Dad. And he is so, so fucking supportive. But the fact that he, like, stand. Les Miserables was wild. Um, like I have a visceral memory of being a child and like crawling on his lap when Lovely Ladies was playing and like blushing because I was like, this sounds a little naughty. <laughs> <laughs> but also like just going in, like memorizing all of Jean Valjean's shit and just being like, oh, this shit's epic. <laughs> um, uh, so that was playing. My mom always had Gloria Estefan playing. God bless we, her. Right? Um, what else? Uh, Manhattan Transfer, like lots of jazz. And for some reason, though, I, I'm a, I'm a, not a product. I am a kid that grew up in the millennium. So I fully leaned into the emo stage, even though mm-hmm. like I was a, I was a fairly happy child but for some reason I just really connected with these like like bleeding heart bands um so I listened to like a lot of good Charlotte simple plan (laughs) just like super punk I mean there was a whole time there's a whole period where everyone's listening to secondhand serenade and AFI 
AFI, dashboard confessional. Vindicated. No wonder we all have mental issues. (laughs) Like collectively, as a collective. Yeah, because we were just like imposing someone else's trauma on top of us and saying it. And like talking to each other on AIM. Oh my God. I do kind of miss that. I wish that we could bring that back. Just like, aim, not the tra- like, not the trauma of those songs, but like, just aim specifically. It was such a thing. It, I mean, it was pre-text, I guess, which yeah. might be why it existed. But yeah, I just remember, like, I had a childhood friend. We're still friends. Um, <laughs> she, she, literally, anytime we we're over at her house, she would just be like on the computer, and not saying that I wasn't doing that as well. I just had to like leave and go somewhere with my parents from time to time. And she would just be there just like boop, 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 constantly talking to people. But then the idea of like actually hanging out with these people seemed bizarre to me at a time at that time. Yeah. Like stranger danger. Yeah. Well, and I was mostly talking to people that I knew. I Did you get yeah. into the like chat room life? My mother scared the ever living shit out of me um, because she only watched law and order. So I did not get into the chat room life, um, but I was a I was like a bystander when my mm. when the my cooler friends would do it. Yeah, I had a cooler friend in middle school who had a boyfriend in Florida. Oh, and he not like, a boyfriend in Florida. <laughs> he was like gonna visit, never came to visit, but was gonna visit, and. Now that I think oh, back yeah, the on classic that, old. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> oh, so gross! <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! Thank God we. Uh, well, now that I feel, I guess the internet's a little scarier, but yeah, it's like thank God we just found like different vices. So you're on you're on the waitress tour, living living your dreams. Yes. Can you talk about tour a little bit? I want to tour again immediately. I loved it so, so much. Uh, like the act of touring. Um, I enjoyed a lot of it and I learned a lot as well. I think it was, I think I grew the most uh, during that year um, as a person uh, like I, I was like, like looking back, not to again, do like <laughs> therapy talk, but I feel like it's solidified boundaries I needed to make with myself professionally and also personally. Um, and just sort of like stand up for myself and not accept, uh, mediocrity or mm. less than what I deserve, which uh, it was a, I think a lesson, I, it was a hard lesson, but I, I'm glad I learned it now. Like I feel, I feel like that was my graduation into being an adult was learning a bunch of hard shit while also having a pretty great time. Um, and also sort of proving to myself that, oh, I can do this. Like I can do this. Like a whole team just chose me to do this. So who am I to, to like, to question that, you know? Um, so I feel like it's so easy as, as artists and actors to like, like undermine ourselves, even subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And if we are allowing that to ourselves, then that allows other people to do it to us. So I think that was a big, a big, uh, aha moment. Um, 
And in a much lighter note, I I wanted to move to Denver so badly. (laughs) It's a stunning place to be. Oh my God, I fell in love. Um, Yeah, I I just, I cannot wait to tour again. Truly cannot. I think not accepting mediocrity is huge. I think especially when you are coming out of the quote unquote grind of just auditioning all the time where you do have to, you have to be precious um, with yourself and not hope that every single audition you go on is the one. And like, yeah, at least I can't open my heart to that for every single thing. And I think we just learned that as we get older in this business like what you can and cannot do because then there is that flip side where it's like okay well now I'm catching myself where if every time I walk into a room I'm like who cares whatever then they're gonna know I feel like who cares whatever and that's not appealing for a job interview (laughs) (laughs) yeah who else does that in job interviews but also who has like nine job interviews a week (laughs) true 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 I think that's such a good uh, point and word to like focus on is being precious with yourself. Like the true, true definition of precious, like not the like, Oh baby. But like, no, you're like, you are a, a gem, like a precious gemstone. Um, so don't let people like put dirt on it <laughs> Yeah, or say that you're like cubic zirconia. Like, no, you're a no. gem stone. I'm a gem baby. Yeah. I'm a gem baby. Well, there's also this thing because the glory of theater is that there are so many different levels you can operate at it. You could fully have a wonderful life being a lawyer in your town and doing community theater and enjoying it for that. You can also be a a full-on professional actor who that's what you do and that's your job Yeah, and everything in between. But I definitely think on those first few like quote unquote big jobs there is a learning curve of, okay, well, I've grown up in the space where like I'm told to be available for everything. Yeah. Um, not to say anything really because like I'm replaceable. They'll replace me. It's it's like this is just I'm I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. Like it, yeah. it's, I'm just lucky to be here. That when you get into something that is a long-term job or something bigger than you've been in before, it it does feel a little strange for the first time to like stand in your truth and be like, I am a human and I have to tell you that, no, I can't pick up that set piece right now. Or it physically, physically, I cannot like sing, perform, do whatever if this is also a part of it. And that's not, being cocky or rude it is to take it back being precious with yourself and knowing what you can and cannot give yeah to your job yeah because we are in such a personal what we do is so is it is so personal I always push back when people are like it's not personal no the fuck it is it's incredibly personal <laughs> like we are we are the the product that is being sold so the, there's no way that cannot be personal when you when you get to tell me that I didn't have the right look for it, yeah, that's personal. Yeah, 
it's something that I signed up for. I'm aware that it's a part of what's happening. Yeah. But you but don't that, get to tell me that. Could it be more personal? Yeah. <laughs> it could literally not be more personal. Oh my god! Like I've I've lost jobs because I wasn't like authentically queer enough. I've lost jobs because I wasn't blonde, and I was like, "What? <laughs> what? What? Like you guys? I just paid for a very expensive headshot session, and you're telling me you couldn't look at it to make sure to to see that I was not in fact blonde. And furthermore, Senor, no, nobody knows what wigs are. Or what's the I'm issue? Like, literally looking at a blonde wig right now as we record yeah. like I could I could be blonde right now yeah I will go I will go to CVS right now like bet I will ruin CVS. this hair but if it means I get health insurance so be it <laughs> let's do it yeah oh god CVS hair dying oh TBT I have big hair moments when I'm not feeling great have you have any hair stories I think because it's so expensive for me to do anything to my hair it's immediately like, nope, Kira, I just sobered up real big. Like, we mm. are not making that choice. I I did, like, over quarantine, like, do the, the semi-permanent, like, color blue and stuff, which I loved. Loved that. Um, but I haven't done anything wild yet. We'll never do bangs again. Never yeah. again. Bangs are, bangs are a choice. They're a choice. They're strong. Sometimes people look great in them. I'm not one of those people. I... Now that I'm thinking about it, anytime that like my theater world has felt like it's not working, I've mm-hmm. done something. So like I was in school and I felt like I was going to get kicked out of the program. So I went and I got an industrial piercing right before my <laughs> final scene showing. So I like show up with this giant brand new bar in my ear and I'm sure my <laughs> ear is bright red. And of course, faculty members are like, yes, we yes. see you now. So edgy. Or... I dyed my hair teal for a summer, which was super fun. And I liked I, that. I always yeah. wanted to do it, and I'll probably do it again. But it, it definitely was a a choice to step away and yeah. to be like, I have teal hair. And what? you guys can look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a strange world we're in. Truly. So, Kira, you're a musical person. You do <laughs> theater. You travel. You grew up in the church. You got new ideas of your own. And I just want to know, why are you like this? Oh, great question, Ryan. I think... Thank you. It's the title of the pod. <laughs> so crazy. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I... Let me put... I'm trying to put this into, like, a cute little nutshell. Uh, trauma. Uh-huh. Really good therapy. Uh-huh. Really good parents. Spectacular friends. And just an innate need to not give up on myself. Like there is just a core little stubborn blood vessel in my body that says, nope, keep going. Like I truly feel it because there have been so many times where I'm like, I'm fucking giving up on this. (laughs) (laughs) But it's never once been real. Like I, it's sort of like, when you're a kid and you your parents make you mad and you're like, I hate you. Like, of course you don't hate them. You don't even know how to spell that word. Like, <laughs> calm down. Um, so it's sort of like, a, oh, calm down. And that little – he's getting stronger. She. It's a she. she. She's getting stronger. The blood vessel is getting stronger, especially after, like, dealing through, working through life itself and especially this past year. But I think it's exactly what you said of, like, 
at, at least in terms of what we do, it's so, this year alone has proven that it's so needed. And like, there doesn't need to really be a hierarchy or a tier system. It, what we do is tell stories and make people forget or feel or entertain them. And, and I think that that is, that doesn't need to be uh, sort of monetized in our brains. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't need to be, you don't need to be like, Oh, I want to sing this or, Oh, I want to do this concert or, Oh, I want to do this job. You should just be able to say, I want to do it instead of, I want to do it because it pays so well. I want to do it because it'll get me here or um, just sort of doing it because you actually love doing it. Um, and it, you have to do it. And I think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's why I'm like this today. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. There's yeah. Not to be all like now more than ever about it all. But yeah. Yeah. Unprecedented. These unprecedented times. God, <laughs> I hope that word just goes away. Um, Forever. It's to the point where it doesn't actually mean anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where I'm like, okay, cool. But yeah, if I think back to the things that I've consumed over the year, like I have just cherished them more because it feels rare. Yeah. And that little blood vessel thing is like so, so important for anybody that's pursuing anything because it, no matter what you're creating the space that you're going into for the first time for you. And that is hard point blank. It, it It's, it's not even like actor related. Like if you're becoming a teacher your first job as a teacher, you're going to have to fight for to be a teacher because it is the first time you've ever done it. Yeah. Yeah. We're not experts yet. And maybe nobody, never will nobody, be. Nobody, nobody's an expert. <laughs> Things change all the no. time. Things change all the time. And you know what? I will be 100% honest. That is something that I've had to work on my entire life because yeah. I was constantly, constantly the kid that was like, well, I know everything. Oh, Yeah. And if I don't know it right now, like I'll figure it out, black and white. Yeah. yeah. Except for the fact it would be like, like my parents sat me down to give me the like sex talk, and I literally <laughs> ran out of the room screaming, "I already know." I can't. I w- no. <laughs> what I would give to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> Not I already know. And I didn't. I had no idea. Um, Ryan said, "I'm an expert." I said, "I already know. I simply <laughs> already know the answer to this." But I would do that for everything, and it's literally not until like let's say 27 and onward that I've been okay with saying like, no, I don't know that. What is it? Wow. Yeah. It's powerful to say, I don't know. Can you teach me? I don't know. Can you help me? I don't know. Can you show me someone that does? <laughs> Cause then you get to expand your mind Yeah. and do something that's like the cool part of being human. Yeah. Whereas literally up until that point, no one could tell me nothing. And to a, to a detrimental part of my body. Wow. Cause it's just hard. I mean, it's also, I know we just, we're just like gib gabbing about theater, but it's hard to hear a hundred no's for the one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not internalize, at least for me, this feeling that like, well, I'm just going to keep doing it because you said no. 
Yeah. Instead of, I'm just going to keep doing it because I'm really good at this and I'm going to do it. Yeah. It does. It doesn't have any other effect on anybody else besides myself. Yeah. And if it's something you don't like, I think we might have similar feelings on just like uh, black and white thinking in the way of like it, we have, we're always looking into the future. Like I Mm want to do this forever or I have to stop and find something else immediately when it can in reality become a day-to-day decision. Like, is this something I have the capacity for today? Is this something I want still? And again, we're like, clawing off the tentacles of conservatory programs where it's like this or bust and like only the weak quit when really it's a lot it's your life like make a life that you love and are obsessed with and are excited about and figure out a way to make a living that way fuck yeah that's harder that's easier said than done but Like, I I just feel like as artists, we have so much more and just as human beings, so much more to give than being stressed out week after week from hearing all these no's. And so sort of kind of like finding yeses outside of it. And finding ways to create your own yes. Yeah. We really love self-help. Did you just hear that? Create your own, yes. A new chapter yes. in my book by Ryan Andrews. Um, yeah. <laughs> make a podcast, write a song. Like find, I think being a theater artist is just so strange because our bread and butter is interpreting work that somebody else has created and then we let somebody else be in yeah. between that and give us the uh option to do it so we just keep there's so many layers that we like remove ourselves from the creative process where it wasn't until I sat down and made something my own yeah that I felt like I could actually be a really good theater artist (laughs) we are constantly constantly asking for permission when really we don't need to you know and then we look to the people that we idolize and we're like, well, Patty Lapone has never asked for permission. Exactly. And you're like, huh. Well, huh. what's stopping me from that? What's stopping me from acting like that? Yeah. Literally nothing. Yeah. Or like just having a standard. It's not even about raising your standard. It's like just having one. Just setting one. <laughs> yeah. Just setting any standard. Did you just pee? Oh, no. I accidentally spilled my water. And so I was... <laughs> I'm leaving that in the episode. (laughs) She's messy, but she is kind. She's Um, messy, but she's kind. Oh, God. What was your favorite song to sing in Waitress? Everything Changes. I love that song. And it also was like my favorite uh, scene, too, with Pometer when he says, like, another life. I just think that's so poignant. Um, And... And Brian Fankart's just fucking awesome, but um, besides the point. <laughs> and, but I, that was my favorite song from air, like from my very first audition. I just, I love that song. Um, probably because it was just like, like effort, like effortless to sing. Whereas like I got in my head about, I don't know what baking can do and she used to be mine. I feel like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're heavy. <laughs> they are some heavy girls. Um, 
like got the muscles to lift him, but still like 21 year old, 22 year old Kira was like, huh? <laughs> Who? Fair. <laughs> Meanwhile, you like fully connected with the one about being a mom. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I was like, <laughs> oh, like, this whole thing? <laughs> can't handle any song about learning how to bake, but let me tell you about being a mom. <laughs> but let me tell you about being a brand new mom. This is <laughs> children having children over here. You guys had like a new a new kid in each town, right? Yes. And I actually, I actually got to audition them in Florida. <gasps> and it was like... <laughs> one of the best experiences ever because I literally just had like a whole day of teaching kids how to run and jump and like say hi mama um but yeah we had new ones in every city and they're each and every one of them was really freaking cute <laughs> oh gosh what a dream for them that'll be with yeah. them for the rest of their lives right and they, I mean they just got to chill for like two hours and then steal the show at the end. Uh, I'm like, yeah, my first um, theater memory was in high school. We did Beauty and the Beast and I played <laughs> Chip at 15. And like this kid's like, Very oh hot. yeah, I was like the baby <laughs> waitress, the national tour. Ever heard of it? <laughs> Ever heard of Sarah Bareilles? I'm like an old man at that point being like, let me tell you about Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> let me tell you about my friend. Oh, my friend Sarah taking the A train. Sarah on that A train with Beethoven. Well, Kira, as we are winding down here, I ask this question of all of my guests. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me? Actually, yeah. I was kind of thinking of one. Mm-hmm. What me. What has been your favorite? What's been your favorite thing to happen to you this week or this month? Because mm. this week is like we're on Wednesday, so that's kind of cheating. So I'll say like the past month. What's been your the best thing to happen to you? In the last seven days. Oh, uh, you know, I started back at a new job. And Wait, which one? I work at the Honeywell now. Ah, oh, my God. <laughs> which is great. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. Which is great and fun. And um, I talk about this with my roommate, Andy, all the time, where we've been unemployed for a year. And that has manifested in a lot of strange ways. Um, For example, the idea of having anything to do specifically on a day really, really stresses me out. It could be one thing. It could be get coffee with a friend. Um, But because of the way we've been living, it just feels so much more stressful and risky and and it's not even like a health risk at this point for me. I mean, everything's a health risk, but yeah. It it just like having account having to be somewhere and having accountability really really has stressed me out. So, yeah. After I got vaccinated and it was a month, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to look for a job and luckily found one in the area and I that I enjoy so far and it's great. But just like getting back into, okay, you have a work schedule. And around that work schedule, you have to find out when you're going to work out. You have to find out when you're going to do all, like just getting that routine going again has opened up my creative world so much more because I don't have this concept of like infinite time. Yeah. It's 
that's such a good point. It's it's stressful. It's all stressful. It's so and, weird. And I'm new. Like, it's just new. I was like like stressed stomach about going to this job to do a thing that I've done for five years in the city. So just getting getting back on that horse, I think, has been great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll see you there. <laughs> yep, I'll be there. Come come say hey. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever not wear a mask in public. I will say that. Yeah, I don't. I feel, I, I feel good about it. <laughs> like, I'll wear one when I fly. I'll wear one on the yes. train. I'll wear one to an audition room because holy hell. Um, yeah, there, masks will forever be a part of our life, which is also just, like, odd to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's interesting seeing how things change and where things will go. Yeah, everything changes, you know. Everything changes. <laughs> well, Kira, this has been delightful. Thank you so yeah. much. You're just joyful to talk to oh, all thanks. the time. I feel the same about you, my friend. Where can the children find you? The children can find me um, on social media at Kira M. Kennedy. I am not related to Robert F. Kennedy. We do share a name. Um, I am the poor one and, uh, yeah. And probably find me on these streets, just wearing my mask and doing a little dancey dance, you know, just the person dancing with the mask on. That'll be Kira. You'll know exactly who she is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as always, thank everyone for listening. Thank you, Kira, for joining us. Please don't forget to rate, comment, slash subscribe, tell your friends, um, and until next time, everyone, bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.